0: What's up, guys? It's Arv. And this is Arsh, And welcome to Two Brothers and Their Sports. On the show today, we're going to be talking about a reflection of the NBA draft. We're also going to be talking about Rob Gronkowski retiring from the NFL after such a great career. And at the end, we have an interview with high school senior right now, but Duke basketball commit Mackenzie Mbako. Make sure you guys stay until the end. Overall pick was Caro from our team, Duke University. And I know both of us are really excited that he got drafted number one overall, but I I really don't think that this was a great pick for them. I I watched every single game of Paolo's game, and I of his games, and I don't think that he's the, the number one pick. I saw a little bit of Jabari, I saw a little bit of Chet, and I think they both will be better than than Paolo. I think Paolo is a pretty good fit for the Magic, but I am so surprised, so surprised and happily exci- and ha- excited and excited. That the Orlando Magic pass on Jabar Smith, that just adds a chip to the guy's shoulder. And I think that Kyle Carroll will be really good for the Magic, but he won't be at the next level of the next two players. Yeah, and talking about Kyle Benkei, obviously he went number one, yes. But it, I think it's sort of that thing, because the Jazz, obviously, they, I mean not the Jazz, the Magic, they have the decision where they have to this, like I talked about last week, where they have to re-sign Mo Bamba or Jonathan Isaac's or none of them at all. So this could be leaning towards the decision of keeping Mo Bamba because he's a center. Bancaro is not Paolo is a power forward slash small forward. But I want to talk about number two because no one was expecting Palabankaro to go number one, and especially that that just couldn't you. Especially the Thunder, they couldn't expect that. And so the fact that Sam Presty had pal or had Jabbar Smith sitting there at number two. To go along with Shea to Alexander and Lou Dork, who they have the decision of re-signing, but so many other guys, all that's such a young team, Josh Giddy. And Sam Presse has had so much success, so in the draft. So maybe Chet Hongren's gonna be part of that success. I mean, he drafted KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, all those guys. He's drafted Josh Giddy last year, who's the youngest guy to ever record a triple double in the NBA. Sam Pressey is known for being a very good uh gm in terms of drafting so you can't really doubt this pick too much but the fact that they pass on jabari smith for chet hongren yeah i i understand the pick i think okc okay, they understand the facilities and the people they have if you look at right now he's a great center and they they kind of need help at the center position after steven adams they really haven't had anyone but Chet with, with Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy, you could argue, was a better player than Chet at Gonzaga. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. And Ted Holmgren was amazing there. He almost averaged a double-double, one rebounds away from a double-double while playing with Drew Timmy, which is my point. I think they also saw Jabari Smith. Yeah, he had Walker Kessler, but he did not, he did not have that many stars on a team. This is a very young team in OKC with a with a superstar in Shea. I think he's he's becoming a superstar. Lou Dort is probably going to become a star in a couple of years. They have in the next couple of years, so they need people such as a KD type that can that that have great shooting and that are very tall at the center position, but also don't take a ton of shots, don't hog the ball. And I think that's exactly what Jeff Hornblum can be for them. I think that's not what they saw in Jabari Smith. the winner is the Detroit Pistons. Also, I mean, surprising, well not surprisingly, because Keegan Murray is very good. But Keegan Murray went four to the Kings. I guess it's more of a fit. He's more—he—he's more that scoring type that the Kings need. But at number five, the Pistons. To pair with Cade Cunningham, I think that was another thing that wasn't expected to happen. Jaden Ivey falling to five, along with Cade Cunningham, along with they. I think they added Marvin Bagley. I think did Isaiah Stewart, but they have so many. Sadiq Bay. They have they have so many great guys on that roster that are very young. It's sort of like OKC, but I think they have more. They they have a lit, barely more talent than OKC. But I think that because of the fact that they got Jaden Ivey so explosive, I like comparing him to John Rant because he can shoot a little bit and he can take that huge second year jump that John Morant did. But he's also very explosive. He can put the ball on the ground. He can use his 6'4 frame, which is surprisingly small for the NBA, but he is a very, very good player. So I'm super excited to see him play. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Rob Gronkowski has retired I think that he's I think he's not going to stay out of football for long who get back into it but he was a great player for all the years I mean he's got no doubtedly the best tight end of all time and I think that Rob Gronkowski deserves it he was one of the best tight ends of all time with the best quarterback of all time and he is one. some of the main reasons. Why Tom Brady won those championships. I think you agree that without him, Tom Brady would not have as many championships as he has today. And Rob Gronkowski, I mean, the guy was relentless. He played 143 games, 621 total receptions, almost 10,000 yards, 92 touchdowns. And the guy just would not accept losing. You saw in that Super Bowl when he was not at his prime anymore. In that Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, you saw he made that critical catch down to the three yard line that helped make them blow the doors wide open off the Super Bowl. It's because of him that they are that Tom Brady is the guy he is today. I'm not saying that Tom Brady wouldn't be this great, but you're when you get the best tight end of all time, but Tom Brady would just win, and that's exactly what both of them can do together, and that's exactly why both of them have won numerous Super Bowls. Okay, so Rob Gronkowski retired this past week. He only played for one starting quarterback, not counting injuries or suspensions, which was Tom Brady. And so he's not he's been the GOAT tight end because not because of, but it's certainly helped that he's had the GOAT quarterback as well. They they feed off each other. And while Tom Brady certainly has that drive that okay, I would like to practice, I would like to get better. Gronkowski has that drive, but Gronkowski does not like to practice. So that's why I think Gronk will come back later in the year, maybe November, December. Um like Robert Griffin III obviously was saying on NFL Live, but I think that because Gronk doesn't like this, he doesn't like the weight training and he I mean coming back is super hard, especially as a tight end you get hit all the time and you have you have you have to be so dominant and Gronk certainly probably has that in him still. But I think he retired for the sole reason that he I think that he definitely had a Long conversations with Tom Brady, but I think that the main reason he left is because he doesn't have that drive in practice anymore. He loves winning games, he loves winning Super Bowls, and he loves um, putting up crazy stats and being super dominant. Um, But he doesn't like practice, he doesn't like to film sessions. And um, so I think that's why he'll come back later. He can come back later, still provide a spark for that Tampa Bay team. If O.J. Howard gets hurt again, or if Cameron Braid, something happens to the two of them, you never know. So Tom Brady might just call up Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski just puts on his pads and just plays literally a day after he signs with the Patri- I mean, with the Buccaneers. So you never know. It could happen. I think it's very likely it will happen, and his agent even hinted at that. So I think Gronk will have that uh, that itch that he wants to still play, But it's just a matter of when he wants to continue playing. Mackenzie Mbako is a five-star, six-foot-seven point forward and a native of New Jersey. Mackenzie has torn up high school basketball as one of the best shooters in the nation. He's a rising senior and has already committed to Duke University with a promising 2023 recruiting class. He also has a blog for Sports Illustrated about his life as a top recruit. Mackenzie, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on, so let's get started. Talk to us about your background and upbringing.
1: Um, my mom is Haitian, my dad is Nigerian. Uh, I have three siblings, two older, one younger, Ethan and Baco. He's playing with me at Roselle. And, you know, it's been great. You know, my family has been with me. I have great support system It's just been amazing, the journey I have.
0: And who was your favorite player? Who'd you model your game after growing up?
1: Um growing up, I didn't really watch too much basketball. Like, but right now it's mostly been like Jason Tatum. I get my game compared a lot to Chris Milton. Um, I've been working out with Kyrie, so I've been trying to learn what he has to offer. So
0: Wow, Tatum's my favorite player, that's why I started smiling. So yeah, and let's go back to that fact that you talked about you have you having three siblings. Do you think that competitive household helped you become the person you are today with those siblings, as well as your dad, who's a triathlete?
1: No, of course. You know, I've always had that drive to be the best at whatever I do, especially because my siblings wanted to be better than me with whatever I was doing Well, So, you know, it just, it just really helped shape my background into the person I am today
0: absolutely and did me Arsh and i both of us compete all the time especially at home i mean it's so many solo drills one-on-one all that kind of stuff so did you and your brother have that sort of competitiveness growing up
1: yeah it's more with my younger brother because you know he's trying to follow my footsteps and whatnot getting down the same path i am so you know everything we do if we are in a workout it's always a competition who can make the first shot we get to the um, amount of uh, points first so that's just really how it is
0: and you said you didn't watch basketball growing up, but have you always specialized in basketball or was it you trying to bit of everything growing up?
1: No, I was definitely trying to bit of everything, like soccer, football, baseball, every basketball. I was doing everything I was growing up.
0: All right, so what what else with, besides all that, obviously the competitiveness, but what else helped you become the five-star top uh, top 2023 recruit that you are today?
1: All um, this hard work and dedication, you know, it was just... Countless hours in the gym, a lot of long drives, car rides, you know, just all that stuff that, that, you know, moves into the person I am.
0: Yeah, and so you started high school basketball. You're already one of the top players in the country. What does a typical game day look like for you, and what's your pre-game routine?
1: Typical game day, like high school season or like AAU?
0: High or AAU, either.
1: AAU is different because, like, I wake up, I stretch. Eat breakfast, probably I have to warm my body up before I play a game or else I'm gonna start cold and I'm more like going to like the second quarter, second half. So it's like a regular routine. I just I probably run up the stairs a few times so my body's warm before the car ride so that my legs aren't stiff when I got the car and then stretch before the game, talk to my father about the opponent, lock in and then get it going.
0: And during game day or before game day, what are some of your favorite artists that pump you up or some some of the music that you listen to?
1: See, it really would be dependent on the person, about the biodiversity like, my mood. Like, I can listen, like, Brent or, like, Scissor one day, and then the next day it's, like, Wick or Lil Baby. So it really depends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And how have you handled the pressure of having hundreds of scouts at your games over the years?
1: Um, I really just don't mind it. Because I feel like when I start to get my mind, on like, oh, Scott's coming to watch me. That's why I tend to mess up. I just let the game come to me and play, play naturally.
0: And when you play naturally, what's your favorite part of the game? Or what's your favorite move? And what gives you that advantage over your defender? Like, what's your go-to move? Or, in your opinion, the best part of your game?
1: That's a great question. Because I've just been, like, trying to, uh, what's the word? trying to match the the post-fade, right? Okay. So the back-to-the-basket mid, like anything below the foul line, I've been trying to master like the back-to-the-basket weight. So that's probably the easiest part of my game, one, because I'm like 6'8", I can shoot it with my defenders, and then two, it's just so easy to get to.
0: And at what point were you like, okay, this is real. I could play pro basketball at a very high level for my job.
1: When I got offered. When I got my first offer, you know. I wasn't thinking too much of like in the future but like the past few months I've been thinking like I can really go somewhere with this.
0: And then we all, like we mentioned in the introduction you also have a blog in Sports Illustrated about your uh, being a top recruit. How did that start and how, why did you con- decide to continue that throughout the years?
1: Oh um, it's just good to document the the journey you know for any other young athletes who's trying to go down the same path out well, and I feel like if I just document, it would be good for me to look back in the future or just help anybody else out. We're trying to go down what I'm trying to do.
0: And we've heard a story that you FaceTime Aro's favorite player, like we just said, Jason Tatum. So tell us about that.
1: Right. So I was with. I was on my visit to Duke and, you know, Coach Jefferson. you know Jefferson. He's really close with uh, JT because he played with him. And I was like, he was like, oh, who your favorite player? I was like, Jason Tatum? Oh, word? That's my boy. So we just finished. He's like, I'm going to give him a call. And, like, you say, what's up, chop it up. So he called him, and we just had a little combo and not talking about, oh, you can't guard me, this out of there. So it was really, it was really funny. I enjoyed it for sure.
0: Yeah, that's super funny. And then you talked about Emil Jefferson as well. I mean, growing up as a Duke fan, I remember so much of Emil Jefferson, even to his senior year. But besides those two guys, have you met any or worked out with any of the Duke players when you came to visit Duke?
1: Yeah, I worked out. We did runs. It wasn't really a workout. You know, it wasn't like there's no coaches there, stuff like that. It was like, just something um, calm, just get in the gym, get some shots up, and then run up and down 5v5 type stuff. So it was, it was pretty chill.
0: And you've already signed with CAA Basketball as an NIL deal. So for our listeners, can you explain what that's about?
1: Um, CAA Basketball is just an agency who helps me get NIL deals and uh, mm-hmm. just really make money and make a profit off money. So they've just been helping me get deals and whatnot.
0: And you talked about, obviously, your offer, your first offer when you thought you can play basketball all the way up to uh, committing at Duke. So, up and through that process, what was it like being as as a number three recruit in the country? What was that process like? And specifically for you, how is it different than other people?
1: Well, like, when I first got my offer, I wasn't ranked how I'm ranked now. You know, so I think I was top 17 when I first started off, and I've just been steadily going up. So I first got, you know, I am still humble to this day, but like when I first got like, wow, first off, let's keep it going. You know what I'm saying let me get to where I want to go. And then you know, I just stayed in the gym, kept playing games, kept doing well in front of coaches, and then it just kept coming in. And did so I got feel,
0: did you feel disrespected at that point? Like you were like you were 17, you're like, I you, did you ever think that you should have been ranked higher?
1: No, nah, I never. I'm always happy with what i where I'm at. You know, it's just like the work speaks for itself. So, so rankings. Only can mean so much to do so much for a player.
0: And why did you choose to go to college instead of the G leagues or playing basketball overseas?
1: Because my parents really wanted me to get an education. I felt like I wanted an education as well. So, you know, after my career is over, I can get a degree and, you know, do something else with basketball.
0: So is your plan to be one-and-done or try to get a degree after when you're in the NBA? Or what, what are you planning to do?
1: Probably go one-and-done. I'm right. come back, get a degree. You know, do, do some marketing, invest. What sold you on
0: going to
1: Duke? You know, it was like when I first stepped on the campus. The vibe, the feel, everything. Talking to Coach K, talking to Coach Shire, talking to the players, mm-hmm. the, the Brotherhood is real. You know, when you go there. So, you know, that's really sold me. And it, 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 it um separated itself from the, middle of the school I visited. So.
0: Absolutely. And we live in Durham. We're huge, huge Duke fans, like we mentioned. So I'm curious to see your take. What's your take on the city? Not just Duke, but were you ever outside of Duke? Did you ever get to see the city? And did you ever meet any fans?
1: Yeah, Kushar took me a few spots and then took me back to his crib on the Carlville crib. It was nice. Um, I mean, it's pretty small. It's a pretty rural place. It kind of kind of reminded me of back home, like in yeah. Jersey. So it was, it's pretty similar. I can assimilate. Pretty nice over there.
0: And what do you hope to do at Duke University to leave your mark?
1: Win that shit. Simple.
0: Absolutely. And the uh the first were you have you ever been recognized in public?
1: Yeah I have. Kind of so cool. what,
0: what was it like the first time you got recognized? Like, what, what was going through your head? You are like, were you ever like, oh, my God, I made it. Like, people actually know who I am, that I'm a Duke commit, that I'm the, a top three player in the nation. Did, did that ever go through your head? No, not really. By the way, I'm a huge Rockets fan. I'm so happy that we got Javari. Him and Tari Eason are crazy on the defensive end.
1: Uh, facts. We probably go crazy
0: and I'm sad because I saw Wendell Carter every single game and he's a baller we, should have, we should have kept the reds for him but we traded him we got two second round picks and then we got Ty Ty Washington
1: that's how it is that's how it is yeah
0: and you then we were team? team me? yeah
1: it's, I wanted them to win
0: yeah
1: they ain't winning but I wanted them to win though.
0: I love Jalen Brown you love Jalen? yeah and Rob, Robert Williams is so underrated. Like, he's not that big of a guy. And that's exactly why he gets so many blocks. Like, no one expects him to be that rim protector that he is.
1: Very good. Very
0: please please tell me you agree with me. He thinks Jalen Brown's better than JT. What? I mean, <laughs> not just in the finals. I've been saying it before that. That's not, not true.
1: Hey, do too, too well in the funds, But, like, who are you going to give the ball to to take the last shot? Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown?
0: Arthur stone said JB. Jason Tatum. But okay. Jason Tatum might just turn it over. Like he had over a hundred turnovers in the postseason. That's crazy.
1: Hey, plus minus, plus minus.
0: It's all You're right. gonna work on it. <laughs> their defense is insane. No, nah, yeah, they lock up. You were talking about the players you compare your game to?
1: Yeah, Jabari, Paolo, um, who else? That's about it. I really feel like I have a, I have a unique game.
0: Yeah. Like, I all top, all I top say, picks, I like that.
1: Yeah, I don't, anything other than top top five, that's about it.
0: Yeah. And how high do you think, if, if you had to guess right now, you, you obviously just compared yourself to those guys, which I respect. Um, But if, if you had to predict how high you'd go in 2024, where do you think you would go? Lottery pick. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully. That's way too low. Just lying, That's too low.
1: That's too low? Yeah, that's too low. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, hopefully number one. Hopefully number one.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, coming out of Duke, Duke has a huge history of, of the high first round picks. I mean, you talked about JT. You talked about, there's been so many number one overall picks from Duke. So hopefully you can add to that too. Right, right. And if you could tell your critics one thing, what would it be?
1: um i've been working i was just staying in the gym i've been really consistent and you know i've been getting stronger and and really developed my game into the play i want to be
0: and what, what are some of your goals obviously you're in high school right now but going on throughout your life what are some of your goals in terms of college and when you go to the nba what are some of your goals
1: um aside from that like i want to win the hoop summit with the world team before that uh for high school, I don't win the Champions You on the Jam. Mm-hmm. After that, I was on the NCAA championship uh, NBA, hopefully get a couple rings.
0: Yeah. And have you ever connected and talked with anyone in the NBA outside that Duke trip, obviously?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, when you when you're in the du- uh when you're in the basketball world, not even duke world, and you're a highly rated player, you know, you just you just make connections like that.
0: Yeah. And how how has your life changed? You talked about being recognized in public, but how has your life changed since you've been ranked so high, and even since you were since you committed to Duke? how's your life changed outside of basketball?
1: You get a lot of free stuff. It is same. It's pretty cool. They like they like want you to sponsor them or something like that. They just send you like a lot of gear and whatnot. And I just appreciate everybody who's like sending them love. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and. Just give us a day in the life of Mackenzie
1: Mubaka. It's pretty simple. I'll take you through the day. It's pretty simple. All right. Well, had a workout with Kai and then play some runs for like two hours. Came back home, ate, took a nap, played some video games, and then I'm out of leave in like, what, 40 minutes, go lift, and then get more shots up and then go to sleep, and then do it again.
0: I respect the nighttime lift. I lift in the morning. I can't lift at night. I, I just can't. But what are, what are some of your favorite video games you play?
1: Oh, I'm um, on Call of Duty, Apex, Fortnite, GTA. Um, I don't really get into like 2Ks. So I'm not really like a 2K like that. I'd rather play basketball than like play video game basketball. Yeah. So I'm more into like shooting games, more action packs type stuff.
0: And to the NBA, will you play 2K?
1: Of course. If they pay me.
0: As yourself? Yeah. Yeah. We heard you're a great COD player too. You, you said top 5% in the world. Nah, I don't know
1: about top 5%. That might be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been my of kills again. I'll like, cure you if I really need to.
0: Yeah. We well, can tell you one thing as parts of the community, we are beyond excited to have you play here. So, um, what advice do you have for young kids, young basketball players, young people just aspiring to become like you and to go through the process that you did?
1: Uh, make sure you have a, a good support system because that's always going to help you through the tough times and, you know, just stay consistent with what you're doing and it'll pay off in there, for sure.
0: And where can our listeners find you on social media just so we can put it in the description so they can follow you?
1: Mac uh, Mac.imbaco on Instagram. Mackenzie Mbaco on Twitter. Ski Mask Mac 24 on TikTok. Um, what else is there? I don't even know. I think that's about it.
0: I don't know if you have Facebook. That's an old person app. So, just throwing uh,
1: it out there. I'll got Facebook. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week. And I hope this, at least I do, I know he wants to see you in the Celtics jersey, but I hope to see you in H-Town with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith in a couple years.
1: There you go. Right, I right, mean, I right, appreciate it.
0: Kyrie said hi. All right. Uh, all right. I got you. Bye.